Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. And what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Hawk Talk post-game show. This is Brian Nemhauser at HawkBlogger on Twitter, and man, painful, 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 painful game for the Seattle Seahawks. Dropped to 5-1, uh, had this game 10 different ways, found all sorts of ways to lose, and uh, the nerds will tell you it was a regression to the mean in, in one-score games. I will tell you it was a team that blew a big lead and made some boneheaded plays that had nothing to do with a close game. It shouldn't have been a close game. So uh, we got a good show. We're going to have a uh, Stacy uh, Ross join us hopefully here in a little bit. Um, first time we've had her on, um, but before she does, let me bring in the fellas, uh, Evan Hill at Evan and SEA, Nathan Ernst at Nathan E 11 uh, and Jeff Simmons at real Jeff Simmons. Hey guys, uh, this sucks. I like it much better when we're winning. That was depressing as fuck. Like, I was just telling Brian this before we even hopped on. Uh, that was emotionally traumatic. <laughs> In normal Seahawks fashion. I, I completely agree with you, Brian. Uh, this game should have been uh, a big win. In my opinion, they should have won ten, by 10 plus points. Uh, but in a way, also, this loss feels justified. They made so many mistakes. They shot themselves in the foot so many times, whether it's the big or block, the Benson Mayo fuck up, taking the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand on, hands on that final drive with one minute left to go in the fourth quarter. Cardinals had used all their timeouts. There were just some really catastrophic mistakes, and I, I don't feel like there's a single factor you can point to that says, we, you know, they lost the game because of this. Uh, Joe Fan made a great point. This offense shat the bed in the second half. 
Russell Wilson did not play like an MVP candidate tonight. I think we should be fun about that. This defense struggled mightily. Any defense that, you know, gives up 34 points or 37 points did not do their job. This was all around disappointing, and it's a big loss because it's a divisional game. Of course, they still have the divisional lead, but they have a tough stretch coming up, and they've got to win some of these games if, if they're, you know, if they want to keep up their hopes and expectations for, for the number one seed. So I'll quit talking now, but, man, it's just upsetting. Jeff, how about you? How are you doing? Yeah, that was one of the least favorite Seahawks fourth quarters and endings I can remember. It was just emotionally exhausting. I'm almost happy it's over. They just blew that game so many ways. The Benson Mayo penalty, I can't think, I can't emphasize that play enough. There was no reason to try to block that field goal. Just stand still. A field goal is a massive win in that scenario. They get the ball limited time. They still need to score seven when they would have had to use all their timeouts. Just that play. Then they finally get them. They miss a field goal and then DK scores and then that gets taken away. So just an emotionally exhausting game for, as Evan said, they should have won that game pretty comfortably and, and they just pissed it away. And ultimately, as Evan said, they deserve to lose. They, they had that coming. Uh, so uh, on that cheery note, let me welcome in a uh, special guest, Stacy Rost. Uh, she is, uh, she's on 710 ESPN on, for what my money is, maybe my favorite sports radio show right now with Tom, Jake, and Stacy. And uh, uh, really, really happy to have you join the show, Stacy. Wish it was under a more celebratory uh, <laughs> situation, but, but how are you doing? I'm good. It's cool. You look like you're floating, which I'm kind of into right now. <laughs> I I can imagine some uh, I can imagine some substances that would be uh, preferable right now to how I'm feeling. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I think a lot of Seahawks fans are with you. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I missed the first part of your guys' conversation, but I I was definitely not in load and thinking that like this might actually be a tie. Like it might actually happen, and I can't tell if a loss for fans feels worse. Obviously losing isn't fun, but like, I don't know. I mean, it was Russell Wilson's worst game as far as picks go and the picks weren't on anyone else. They were on him. Um, but at the same time, you had 388 yards, three touchdowns, 200 yards from Tyler Lockett. I mean, that was a game. Maybe I'm wrong, but you could have, should have won. So, Oh, I mean, you're shitting there up 34, what was it, 21? What was it? It was 34, 24, sorry, 34, 24. And it just forced them to kick a 52 yard field goal. The only thing you had to do in that situation is nothing. <laughs> right. Like, just nothing. And, and that would have been a better play than what Benson Mayo did, which was not only get off sides, but get a 15 yard penalty that managed to turn what was a third, a fourth and long into a first down. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, but this defense, they're not good enough to withstand those kind of mistakes. When Bobby Wagner got flagged for that penalty on third down, we can say whether we feel like that was a good call or not in the first half. Um, that was third down. It was an incompletion. That would have been a punt from deep in Arizona territory. That turns into a touchdown. Like this defense just isn't built to handle adversity like that and uh whew, 
but Nathan, I want to bring you into, um, I think one of the things we have to talk about is you had the game, even after the touchdown, you were up, um, you know, up by three, right. You had the ball and you took the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands, um, at the end of the fourth quarter and on a third and two, I mean, you ran it three straight times and on a third and two, you run it to Carlos Hyde. Um, what, what were your thoughts? I roughly don't know how bad of a decision that was. Like at that point they were out of timeouts. Right. And so you're just running 40 seconds off the clock. And, um, you know, I mean, if you really want to like look at the, the time management aspect of it and stuff, you know, they left four seconds on the clock when they punted. Right. And, uh, Arizona kicked the, this is Ben Baldwin pointing this out on, on Twitter. Right. And then they kick a field goal with two seconds left. So, you know, I don't think running off time there was like that. I, I don't know. With everything that went wrong in this game, I just don't think taking 40 seconds off the clock in that situation is that big of a deal. Like I, I'm sure that if you look at it in terms of in terms of like win probability or whatever, like obviously getting the first down there, like that seals the game and everything. And so putting it in Russ's hands makes sense, but I, that that is that is the classic situation where running makes sense and where running is good and you want to take the time off the clock and just do everything you can to steal that game at that point. So it's just not that big of a deal to me. Yeah, Stacy, I'm curious. I mean, one, I mean, uh, Evan, what, what's going on over there? By the way, are you like? <laughs> is it like? Uh, are we on like a fucking boat right now? Is that what are it's like? Are you driving? Uh, no comment, potentially. Turn Don't off worry. Your, turn it'll off be, your video, dude. It, it, it feels very unsafe. <laughs> your yeah. still picture was better. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so Stacey, uh, I mean, what, what do you, th- what, I mean, what are you going to be talking about tomorrow about this game? Okay, that's a good question because it's what I'm probably going to try to be writing about tonight. Um, I think I'm going to be writing about how... I don't think it's a mistake to pit this loss on certain things on the defense. When we talk about uh, penalties on Benson Mayoa uh, or Bobby Wagner, or, or even like a false start on shell uh, in overtime or sacks or anything at the end of the day, when I'm looking at a list of the longest plays of the game, it only goes to 10 by the way, in the game book. So I haven't gone through and counted, but you've got 10 explosive plays of 16 yards or more from the Arizona Cardinals. None of those, I mean, maybe one or two, but, None of those happened on otherwise notable plays where it was, um, you know, a penalty or some kind of mistake. I mean, you were playing soft at times. You Trey Flowers got burnt a couple of times. Um, there were some missed tackles. I mean, there were so many mistakes that have almost been there. I don't normalize is not the word I want to use because it's you normally use for much more important context and conversations, but these are the little things that we just kind of say like, Oh, there goes another one, but it adds up. And over the course of a game, you look back and you're like a penalty shouldn't matter that much when your offense scores 34 points. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be what kills you in this game. Yeah. And, and the other thing guys that, that stands out to me, um, <laughs> I mean, not surprisingly, um, you go five quarters. Not only do you have no sacks, you have mm-hmm. no QB hits. I would venture to say there's probably less than five QB pressures on the night for the Seahawks. And um, I think it was pretty clear that they were, they were not rushing hard. 
um, after Kyler Murray. I think they were trying to keep him from scrambling. But even with that, <laughs> I mean, he just was sitting back there all day um, knowing that he was not going to get any pressure. And if he did, he was going to be able to evade it. So um, I don't know. It's just Brian, it's hard I- for me. It's hard for me to get to put this on the defense, I, I guess. I mean, the defense was what I thought they were going to be. And you're playing without your best player in Jamal Adams. If you really were expecting them to be the ones that win this game. But do you really think you can make it to a Super Bowl with that defense? Like if, the, if no. you're saying the defense is what they are, then why are your expectations to get to a Super Bowl? Because they still should have won this game. I mean, <laughs> Russell, no, seriously. If Russell Wilson I don't know about that, Brian. Mistake, one. They win this game. If he had made less, made two less mistakes, they would have won this game comfortably. If he had made three less mistakes, it would have been a blowout. So like two of those interceptions came in the end zone. And the third one was to nobody with a chance to win the game. Like with the defense being the defense, they should be five and oh, they absolutely should be five and oh. And I think there's been a ton of games where you say they shouldn't have won. This was a game they absolutely should have won. Sorry, Stacy. I should be nicer. I'm not trying. That's not at you. I'm just frustrated. Go ahead, Evan. I just, Brian, I wanted to ask you actually, call out a specific player. How do, how do you feel Bobby played tonight? Not well. No, I mean. I felt like he had several missed tackles. I, I, we did not get the performance out of Bobby Wagner that we needed tonight. No, there's a lot of missed tackles tonight. And. Who knows for sure? It probably isn't the difference in the game, but things certainly got worse when Trey Flowers came in. Yeah. Which is always. I mean, has it ever not gotten precipitously worse when he comes in the game? Man, I'm just fucking disappointed. He should have won this. Well, you should have won this fucking game. Yeah, we, we absolutely should. You had said before, like before, when it looked like they were going to lose the first time or the 10th time that they were going to maybe lose. You were like disappointed, but this was expected. Say more about what you were thinking about at that point. Brian, I, just, I, I thought this team shot themselves in the foot. Like, are they capable of being better? Absolutely. But they were not justified in winning tonight's game. They made too many mistakes on both sides of the ball. Russell Wilson did not play like an MVP candidate. The defense was atrocious. The offense only scored seven points in the second half. There were just too many mistakes made, man. They didn't have a, they didn't even have a foot left by the end of this game. They shot themselves in the foot so many times that you cannot make that many mistakes and win a divisional game in Arizona like that. You just cannot. And honestly, I thought Russell – I think Russell deserves more heat than he's maybe potentially getting. I, I haven't checked Twitter, but he did not have a strong game tonight. And for this team to consistently win games and play up to the expectations that we have for them, he has to play like an MVP candidate because he's dragging a dead body on defense, in my opinion. And is that sat on him, though? Like, he without him in this game, and those, some of those, like, moon balls over Patrick Peterson, they, they have no chance. I don't think that's really yeah. fair, is it? But Jess, Jess, he made amazing plays, but he also made some critical mistakes. Oh, and three sure, interceptions. Saying the game is purely on him seems a little short-sighted. Well, it's a, it's a, I don't think it's purely on him, 
but he definitely did not have a good game, and I think he deserves to take some heat for it. Yeah, I, I, I would put my blame so many other places. I think you can spread it around, but anytime your quarterback throws three interceptions, like I don't have stats in front of me, but I'm going to guess that more often than not, you're going to lose that game. Whether or not that quarterback nine times out of 10 is playing like an MVP, whether or not he had 500 yards that game or 100 yards in that game. If he throws three picks, I mean, that's that's going to come back and bite you most of the time. So I get what Evan's saying. I think yeah. I would I would put defense first only because it's been an ongoing conversation. Um you scored, I don't actually care that you only scored seven points in the second half because uh, you scored enough in the first half to be able to get yourself to a safe lead and you didn't. And you, for the most part, I mean, took advantage of a defense with the exception of those turnovers that was holding opposing offenses to 18 points per game. It was a really strong performance outside of those three picks. But again, like you're getting off the field, you're giving them a shot. And I just think that, like, this is going to be one of those games. It happens in the NFL. You throw three picks, you lose a game. It's fine. I go back to Brian, the debate you and Evan were having, I know it was kind of heated, but that was what was most interesting to me. The idea of Evan saying, no, this isn't enough. Russ needs to play like this. And you saying the defense is what it is. I think that there's a lot of people that say the defense can't be like this. I don't care how good Russell Wilson's going to play. You will not be a Super Bowl team. You won't get deep into the playoffs. You won't get to a championship if you play like this. The defense cannot just be what it is. And I, you know, I think that's the, the most disappointing thing out of this game. Like, I, I'm a little bit more, uh, I, I'm not taking this as hard as it seems like other people on here are. I mean, they're six and one. I think Russell played like an MVP out of minus three throws, and those three throws were really bad. And he deserves a criticism for that. But, you know, there was some indication that this defense wasn't as bad as we thought it was going into this game. And like, I will like, they, they, they just, they threw all any benefit of the doubt that, that they may have had. They threw it all away. Right. Like the run defense collapsed on that last drive when it was at its most important, they gave up a ton of points. They obviously, you know, blew a big lead. Uh, in, uh, I have very little hope left for this defense now. And I think that going into this game, you know, you could be hopeful that some of the advanced stats and, you know, maybe if they get Jamal Adams back and the set and the other, that maybe they could actually be an okay defense. And, and there was nothing that they showed today that made you think that they could be an okay defense. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not in the same place there. I understand. I understand that point of view. I, I thought there were some things that were that looked okay tonight on defense, you know, at some points. And I thought Jordan Brooks had a few plays where it was like, okay, he looks like he's definitely better than Cody Barton. <laughs> like, uh, that was nice to see. I even saw Shaquem Griffin had a few nice plays. And then um, Quentin Dunbar, for the most part, I thought looked okay. And, and, um, Man, so, this is the low bar, right? <laughs> like, no, oh know, yeah, but, you but, know, uh, better I than like Cody it. Barton and Shaquille no, know, had a play know, where he was okay. Like, and I guess you're still saying, a relative Brian. league. This is still a relative league. And and I thought the defense, you put it Jamal Adams in there, and um I'll I'll say this. You guys will appreciate this more. I think this is a game that could force the for, the, the Seahawks' hands in terms of making a move for an edge rusher. It was so awful that I can't imagine that they're going to look at that film and be like, 
yeah, we're good. Jonathan Bullard was enough. About that, I mean, this team has a lot of faith in their own guys. There have been millions of times when we've gone into post-game pressers or just press conferences and been like, "Hey, this guy had a rough game," and Pete Carroll will just be like, "Yeah, we love him." I mean, it's tough, and so I think they have a lot of faith in their own guys. I mean, I don't think that means faith that like Daryl Taylor can make it back or that Rasheem Green is going to come back and make a huge difference. I just think they're going to look at it and they're going to say, "We played an offense that was number two in the league in red zone scoring that could very well." Uh, be undefeated just like we were and and is incredibly dynamic at quarterback and we came down to the final minute of the game like I'm not listening to Pete Carroll's press conference but I can guarantee you he's finding the silver linings that said is there plenty he's probably not telling us yeah like I do not believe he's happy with the way the defense is playing Um, but I don't know that they make a move I mean and and going off of that with what I mean, what do you have? That's that's the scary part to me. Like, I don't see how you fix this. Dan Quinn's out there still. Uh, You got a couple third-round picks. Uh... Yeah, but it it could be a fifth-round pick. I mean, getting a guy like Carlos Dunlap, I I don't know, is going to be any expensive draft pick. nor do I think that that solves everything either for what it's worth. It's just a hunch. I, I totally hear where you're coming from, Stacy. And um, uh, odds are that they don't make a move for sure. Like it's, it's way easier to not make a move than to make one. Just a gut feeling that it's, if this, if they had won, maybe they, they, they don't, but <laughs> I just have a feeling they're going to look at this and be like, yeah. I mean, I don't know about any of you, but Rasheem green, does he make any difference in this game? He doesn't make you believe. (laughs) You know what I'll say? It's like, okay, here's my question for y'all. Is there anything from this game that made you more excited about the offense moving forward? Is there anything where you thought this offense can absolutely beat any team? Ironically, it will have come in a loss, but Tyler Lockett had 200 yards. DK Metcalf apparently doubles as a defensive back. Like, who knew? Who'd have thought? Um, I mean, Russell Wilson threw a couple dimes in there, minus uncharacteristic mistakes. Um, he hadn't thrown two picks since 2018. I don't know the last time he had three interceptions. Um, I don't want to – I always really hesitate to be the one on our show to when we're over on 710 to be like, hey, let's look at the bright side, because I don't always like playing that role. But – at the end of the day, I do think there's plenty for Seahawks fans to look at and say, we know your weaknesses. We can talk at length about the weaknesses. We could talk for hours about the weaknesses. What do you have in your arsenal? Is there anything you saw tonight you didn't know you had before? I thought the offensive line played a hell of a game. I thought they were excellent. Run blocking and pass blocking. I thought they were fantastic. Yeah, Dwayne Brown caused a touchdown pretty much on his own. And you know, not only did Tyler Luckett have 200 yards, but he did it in a game where they clearly were trying to take away DK or they had at least put their best player on DK. And so I think something that's kind of cool about this is that if, if a defense overcompensates one way or the other, we've seen games where, you know, Lockett doesn't do a lot and DK explodes. And now we've seen a game where DK doesn't do a lot and Lockett explodes. So like you have two, top 15 maybe top 10 receivers and like it showed that you know if a team really slants one way or the other you're gonna get abused for it and and that was really cool to see 
I hear I, I got the impression, Stacy, that that your answer was no to that question. Oh, ooh, that's juicy. Um, no, I think Tyler Lockett is uh, even better than I thought he was, even after all these years. And despite being a fellow petite, I regularly underestimate him. I talk about <laughs> it all the time on our show. My my all petite all time draft. Tyler Lockett is my number one receiver, and I've I've only doubled down on that since. I thought too, like you get a new shiny toy in DK Metcalf, and you get excited about what he can do and. Oh, like I hate that final flag because that would have been a phenomenal way to end the game. Like, don't oh. even—we don't even have to go down there. I don't know. If we have did. to. I apologize you, in advance for bringing yeah. it up. Should we just do it now? Let's no, just we do have it now. to. I'm do you sorry. think he scores it? David Moore doesn't doesn't do anything. I do. I think he probably scores either way. Oh, uh, I I'm usually really—I don't know how you guys are. I'm usually really good at like having some feel for whether there's going to be a flag on a play. And so I, I wait before I celebrate on that one. I was like, Oh, I was totally celebrating. I thought it was a touchdown and I was looking to wait. And then I saw the flag thing came up and I just dropped to my knees. That was, <laughs> that was, that was just brutal. I had a buddy near the end of the game. I was watching the game with a couple of friends and uh, near the end of overtime, he, he turned to me, he looked to me and he said, is every Seahawks game like this? And I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, it is. Every game is emotionally traumatic. Why yeah. is this? Why is this team so predictably stupid? Why are they so predictably traumatic? It's exhausting. I love being a Seahawks fan. I'll never complain about being a Seahawks fan, but <sighs> did, did any of you not just have a feeling going into tonight that some wild shit was going to happen? We all knew that. We all knew it. It was we so predictable. That's I'm blaming it on you, by the way, Evan. This is Arizona's fault. I'm not hearing otherwise. This wouldn't have happened if it was here in Century Lake. I truly believe that. If you guys would follow normal daylight savings time rules, oh, like the rest of us, okay. you would have been in this place hey, in the first The state place. of Washington is in, in the midst of changing that, by the way. Excuse me? <laughs> they are. Did you not know what? that? No. Why didn't anyone tell me? Yeah, the state legislature try, is trying to pass it. They're like, this is a whole different topic, but they have I to thought, wait. For, I thought this is the last year they're doing it or something, wasn't it? They have to wait for congressional approval, which is weird, but. I just want to be clear that we're blaming, we're, we're officially blaming this loss on daylight saving this time. Is that, <laughs> that, is, that yeah. is exactly what I'm saying. That's okay. the analysis people come for. Look, they pay me <sighs> for this kind of stuff, man. I mean, this is thinking, with, uh, thinking outside the box. That's what this is. This game broke so many. Seahawks conventions. We're talking about it like it was every other Seahawks game. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson destroys in Arizona. He has, <laughs> since I, I've seen almost every game down there in person. I saw his first game that he lost, throwing to Doug Baldwin in the end zone, who uh, had his teeth go through his lips, diving to try to catch that ball. Um, that was his only loss before this game. And uh, he, he, was, he blew it up um, again. And then how many times did Russell have the ball in his hands with a chance to win three times, four times, like at least three times he had the ball in his hands and Russell does that. Like he just, he wins those situations to, like one time, two times, three times. That's crazy. Like, so this did not to me, this did not feel like the normal, Oh my gosh, this is an aggravating Seahawks game. This felt, especially brutal and it, Brian it's brutal because their stretch their upcoming stretch is not a joke 
And these divisional matchups matter. They really, really matter. It's almost like two losses is what it feels like. They just, they just pissed it away. Like that's, that's why it hurts so much. Who do they have next week? Is it Niners? Yep. They looked a lot better the last two weeks. I'm just sad. I'm not angry. I'm just sad. I'm disappointed. I was waiting for that second, the disappointed part. Uh, I mean, this kind of sucks. I mean, it, th- this this game hurts going to overtime, having the big lead and all that. Uh, I think Russ throwing the pick late hurts a little bit just because everybody wants him to finally get that MVP vote. Uh, but they went on the road against a good divisional opponent. And you know, there was a couple weeks there where the division looked a little shaky, but uh, you know, we were we were talking about the NFC West being the best division in football, and I think that you know, last week that didn't look as true. This week it looks more true again. It, it, they're six and one, and like you know, this is not five and one. You've been saying six and one, five. Uh, and one. Well. Uh, they they will be six and one. They're currently five. No, don't say awesome. that, Nathan. Don't say that just yet. Lock it in. I guarantee a win next week. No, I don't know. Uh, uh, no, I mean, like, it's just it's it sucks. But you know, they weren't going to go undefeated. So here's a loss. Um, they probably should have won, and that sucks. But they are also 14 and two or whatever in their last 16 one score games. Like, you know, this, mm-hmm. you, you opened up with this, Brian, it does catch up to you. You can't win them all. <laughs> like you can't win all games. You can't win. And you especially can't win all one score games. So like it kind of is yeah. what it is. That's yeah. I, I get that. This just, this wasn't a one score game. It was, you know, this game was a it lot. Was 27, 14. And then it was, you know, even late in the game, it was, 34 24 like this was not this was a well in hand game but it took a miraculous dk chase down to keep it as close as it was right i mean that's a great moment yeah he he deserves like um like that was not in any way luck he deserves a ton of credit for being one a freak and two trying his ass off but like really though like that was you know, I mean, and then they go for fourth down. They don't get any points out of it. So, like, yeah, like, they had a big lead early, but it it, it probably wasn't as close a game or as the, the gap wasn't as big as it felt like for most of that game. I just saw Evan's tweet about we're having therapy with at Stacey Rost, and now I feel like I need to be like, Evan, how did you feel? Um, you know, use some positive language, try to use positive reinforcements, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, like, I feel like I need to do some like positive talk (laughs) therapy here, you guys. No, I do have a real question because, um, my answer to this is actually quite negative. So I want to know if anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) What is fixable? What on defense is fixable? On defense specifically. Specifically on defense, because there's not much I would fix about the offense other than like, you know, ideally you don't throw three interceptions, but like, I'm not expecting that to happen again for him this year. So. You know what is fixable? Coaching. Coaching is fixable. And let, I, I'm going to pull it up. The Seahawks defense has get, has given up. Okay. So they've given up 25 points, 30 points, 31 points, 
23 points, 26 points, and 37 points. Is that good? Good for the other teams. It's good for the other teams. <laughs> good for some. I, 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 I had to jump off while I was running from uh, my car to my house, but you know what is fixable? Brian, I disagree with you. The pass rush is fixable. You think so? Why is it fixable? And I'll t- because, because John Schneider should not be allowed to sleep until he makes a trade for a pass rusher. This was a unit that went completely unaddressed all offseason after being completely abysmal last year. They were abysmal. And for eight freaking months, we talked about how bad they were. Every single fucking day. The pass rush is bad. It didn't improve. What was the benchmark for success in free agency? Retain Clowney and add two additional pieces. You know what? They went the opposite way. They said, fuck it. We're not, we're not going to even address the position. And you know what? Here we are entering week seven of the NFL, and the pass rush is almost as bad as we expected it to be. Sure. Oh, if you no, it's on. worse. It's worse. There's some advanced metrics. It is objectively like, worse. I is objective. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take the negativity. You take serving out and Daryl Taylor out. But, they have but, nothing. But, Jeff, there are veteran options out there. Ryan Kerrigan is a name that has been flown around a lot. There are some bad teams out there like the Bengals that have some leftover pieces. They don't have to be a star in their prime. But guess who got Calais Campbell for a fifth-round pick in the offseason? Are you telling me the Seahawks couldn't do some shit like that? John Schneider should not be allowed to sleep until he makes a move for a pass rush. Why do you think he doesn't? Yeah, is it arrogance or or is – or do they see something differently than we are? I mean, I think they're frugal. I think that's one aspect. I think they're a very frugal organization. Frugal yeah, is a very they, generous way of saying cheap as fuck. But yes, yeah, and then they trade two first rounders and a <laughs> third for safety. Covers. So <laughs> I'll say what Stacy cannot say on air. I'll speak for her. <laughs> I don't know. Do the Seahawks win this? Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. I think like the, to answer Stacey's original question, I think tackling is one area they could improve. I think tackling Kyler is so challenging. And there was a play where like, I think the first drive where Bobby blitzed them and had him wrapped up and Jaron had him in the end zone for a safety, like against Jimmy Garoppolo for something like the, those plays are sacks and tackles. Yeah. So I think that is fixable because, but like someone like Bobby, like that first game of the year, we thought he was back. He had like a dominant performance, him and Jamal, since then he's been pretty quiet he's not making impact plays and so I don't know I thought Jordan Brooks looked okay but I think the tackling can improve when Jamal gets back and oh god like pass rush coverage they suck right now can I just can I just say fuck Bill O'Brien like yeah yeah. always I mean anytime it's always welcome yeah like what why? Why did he do what he did? I mean, uh, what were the terms of that trade again? Remind me. It was David Hopkins. Johnson and a second rounder. But it was Hopkins, and I thought like a fourth for like David Johnson and a second or something like that. I think they also threw in some Fritos or something, maybe from the vending machine to kind of sweeten the One deal. One of the dumbest trades I've ever seen. I. You yeah, know that, that fucked us. Oh Jesus! You want bad news or potentially bad news from Pete Carroll? Chris Carson. Is it Chris Carson? It is about Chris Carson. Is He's, it? Uh, yeah. 
He's getting an MRI on his foot. I don't know if that's potentially bad news, but it doesn't sound great. <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's concerning. That seems logical. I, I'm, I'm, what? I'm, I, by the way, Carlos Hyde is a significant step back from Chris Carson. He I don't know if I agree with that. Back. Fine. All He's his fine. yards today that he got were offensive line yards. Yeah, that guy so all Chris Carson could have had a first down uh, on the on the the second down run on, to the side at the end of that game. Like it was a huge hole. So Brian, if, if Chris Carson is healthy in this game and he gets the reps that Carlos Hyde got, we win. What? That's yeah. insane. That's no, that's oh, it. Like that, that's it. That is so. That is absolutely. that is. Oh, that's you know bad shit insane. Absolutely. And oh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the other thing is this whole post-game show about like, oh, what was me? The Seahawks or shit. Nothing can improve. How are we going to fix? They should have won. They should be 6-0, and everybody. So fuck off. Like, I, I don't know. won this game. No, they shouldn't. They, no. They absolutely no. No, they should not have won. Better team. No, they did not play like the better team tonight. They did. Yeah, they did. No, yeah, they, they did, did not. Did. They made so many. Tell me they didn't play like the better team. Look at their Evan, net yardage. Do you know how many fucking mistakes they made, Brian? Are you they kidding me? No, they still were the better team. Making if mistakes Mayo, when you're the better happens. team is why you lose. It yeah. doesn't mean you're not the better team. Like, uh, yeah. If Benson Mayo well, stands still and freezes, they win the game. So how can you not say they – I mean, does Carson convert on that down? You know, like like Jefferson did again. Like that could be a conversion, and then you just run out the clock. I mean, you could be I, done. I don't think Carson converts on that third and second. I think you don't want to pay Chris Carson. That's also true. From That's in also here true. and not from in here. Potentially. Well, you can. How many points did they have after Carson left the game versus? Oh, stop it! Jeff. No, I like that. Yeah, if you're trolling me, you're trolling. Yeah, yeah. Me. yeah okay, yeah. good. Okay, okay, good. I don't have to engage with that. No, one. but uh, yeah. you, there is a difference between Carson and Hyde. You can see the way he just like runs over players, and but Hyde was not the problem tonight. That was the least of their problems. Like, say oh, he was not the problem. I think there was one play like you can argue wouldn't have made a difference in the game. I, I don't. If you're going to come out with problems, that's so far down the list. Benson Mayo is the problem. If he's just stood and froze for five seconds, they win the game. Question. Do you feel less bad about a loss if the loss is mostly on Russell Wilson? That sounds like I'm hating on Russell and I'm not, but I'm saying if Russ throws five touchdowns and no picks, are you more upset about this loss? I'm trusting that Russell Wilson isn't throwing three picks next week. Uh, Therefore, I think there are some fans that are like, you know what? If we're talking about what's fixable, maybe nothing on the defense, but I'll tell you, it's probably not going to happen. A loss like that. I, 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 that's kind of where I was thinking as well, Stacy. Like if you look, you know, if you could hear Evan while he was screeching at pterodactyl levels <laughs> saying that, that they were the worst team. Like if you think about the mistakes that were made, which of the, which team made mistakes that are more likely, you know, that are less likely to happen again. Mm-hmm. the Seahawks mistakes were pretty uncharacteristic on offense, at least. Sure. Right? Yeah. And, and so, and I mean, is anyone really going to argue that if Russell has his normal game or he either doesn't have any interceptions, which is his normal game or has one, <laughs> that this is a hundred percent a victory. Like <laughs> you really know. think two interceptions. The answer is no. If, yeah, it's no. if it was two, they would have tied. Unreal. <laughs> Come on. I mean, they no. barely, barely lost. 
You don't yeah. like, do end zone. I think this is an easier loss to swallow. Yeah, I think no, it's an easier loss to swallow. DK when it's tackled off. the guy, and then they drove 97 yards for a yeah, touchdown. Yeah, but they didn't score a touchdown. That was a terrible throw. They, they were going to score. Like, no, no, like, but they, they stopped them on fourth down after that terrible pick, and then they drove 97 yards down the field for a touchdown. Like, it yeah. kind of that one kind of got negated. Mm. What about the other two? The other two, no, but I don't know. Like, I, the last one was just infuriating because it was the ball was going to no one. What was that? And he should have had four interceptions, by the way. That throw in the flats on like second down, first down, or whatever. So I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's he's covered. Like, that should have been a pick six. Uh, we're very lucky, but. I think I this know. game just sort of evens out from the last game, which they played like shit and should have lost. So you felt like this is karma. <laughs> this yeah, is like they, they've been playing with fire this. for too long, to be honest. Like all yeah. those games, New England and Dallas and team New England looks like shit. And even Miami to an extent, and Minnesota who looks like shit. Like they made every game a lot more challenging, and that's probably it. That I totally agree with. And if that's kind of the point of once it got to be a close game, then yeah, like they've been playing with. No, no, I agree. I don't agree with Evans take. They just shouldn't have been a close game game. is is basically my point. Do we know what happened? That should have been their easiest win since Atlanta. They just. Stacey, what were you going to say? I said, did did Evan leave? I don't see Evan. He's it's. He's here. here. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. He's just being quiet. Do you have what, uh, what? the gallery view on, or do you have the speaker view on? Oh, probably speaker view. You know what? Oh, it's much it's, less uh, exciting. I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I completely agree with you about it felt like they had been flirting with a loss for a while and were waiting to be dealt one. I think we were all waiting for the other shoe to drop for the defense. It had been too long. If it gets to the point where, like I noticed over the course of a week of our shows, if I keep feeling like we're coming back to the same conversation over and over, but it's fair, you know what I mean? You're like, man, people are going to get mad that we keep talking about this defense, but also I cannot wrap my mind around an undefeated team that's giving up this many yards. And like, it's not like they were stopping them in the red zone either. It's, I could not figure it out. And it was fair to always bring up, you knew it was going to happen. You knew the defense was going to lose you a game. Um, The question is like, that we still don't necessarily know is, well, will the defense still lose you a game if Russ doesn't throw three picks? So if Russ won't lose you a game, then can you always win? Well, it's so funny, Stacy. I mean, there was a case to be made. You, you're going to say that the, the defense won this game with the- I forced, was almost there. <laughs> right, forced fumble uh, that they recovered early. Yeah. The interception by Diggs that led yeah. to the, the big touchdown. They held them to what was going to be a 52-yard field goal and that, like- the, there was a number of moments where you said, okay, actually the defense rose up and it, for this defense, those were like big moments. Uh, but when you have to, when you put it on them at the end of the game, when yeah. it's on the defense to win the game, I think you lose that every time this year. I, I mean, I guess they won against the Patriots. That was a, they put it on the defense there, but Evan is, Evan is. Uh, I'm just sad. I know. I'm just sad. Because it's hard for me, it's hard for me to see them making the changes that are required on defense. Because honestly, if you score thirty-four points in a game, 
you should win that football game. You really. What should. are the changes that are required? <sighs> Probably both personnel and coaching. Um, the secondary is nowhere near as good as you know we had hoped, but Jamal Adams has been missing for several weeks. Um, I think Shaquille Griffin has been largely disappointing this year. So I, I, I can't pin it on one thing. I, I think it's a mix of player execution, not living up to their talent. I think Bobby Wagner has had an inconsistent year. The only defensive player that I can point to and say he's been an absolute stud this year is KJ Wright. Mm-hmm. That's the only person. Um, I can't think of another player. Ugo Amato maybe has, has, has played pretty decently this year. He's but- kind of fizzled. Yeah, he has, but and that's but, and that's a good way to evaluate. Like, how many players are playing above on defense are playing above expectations right now? What, right. Would you name any player beyond KJ Wright? Ryan Neal, but that doesn't really count. Relative to his own, yeah. yeah, like <sighs> Collier has. <laughs> Was he, did he even play tonight? Ryan Monet, yeah, he like, <laughs> a lot actually. Yeah. Do the do the Seahawks win this game? And, and I apologize if Brian asked this while I was running from the car to here. But do the Seahawks win this game if Jamal Adams is playing? You really think so, Brian? No, I don't think so. That, it was so tackling, or... tackling was awful tonight, and, and it was Jamal so Adams is one of the best tacklers in football. I I think he's custom made for this for for this particular offense um, with Kyler Murray uh, running around. If you don't think that they win this game with Jamal Adams with how close it was, then the Jamal Adams is a huge or the trade was a huge mistake. Wow, like, that's a great take. I mean, if, if that doesn't tip the balance in a game this close, then like you should have never given up two first round picks for the dude. Nathan, I slowly see that take evolving over the weeks. I just want you to know you're slowly getting more aggressive and bold with it. I just want you to know I appreciate that. Like, <clears throat> no, 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 no. Because I actually think so. So when we had had the pot on Wednesday or whatever, I was saying like, Hey, you know, the defense is kind of okay with Ryan Neal. It's actually maybe even been better with Ryan Neal. And there's caveats to that, but it's true. Uh, this game though, I think I'm with Brian on this, that you win it with Jamal Adams. And, and that's where you see like why you make this, why you made that trade. Right. Cause I, I think he probably does like, especially if he plays anything like he did in Atlanta against Atlanta, then I think you then I mean you clearly win in this game, right? That was All painful. Right. Guys, I can't take it any longer. Is Can we end on a positive note? I, I I'm like Can we end on a positive, positive? note? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I want to think of something. Okay. I, I want to think I'm I'm going back to like, you know, 2015 through 2018, Evan. I'm like trying to find it in me. Tyler. <sighs> Tyler Lockett played well. Uh, but that's an obvious one. I, I don't want sure. to tell it a lock. Dottie called a pretty good game. Yeah, I think we're being way too hard and wrestling on this game. Like he had he, the the picks were bad, and especially that mm-hmm. last one. Like I, I agree with Jeff. I don't know even who he was throwing to. He played amazing for most of this game. Like he yeah. he really was MVP level for like ninety five percent of this game. They scored seven points in the second half. They scored twenty seven in the first half. Like okay, that's great. Scored against a, a defense that's been pretty stingy. I mean, this defense has been pretty good. So they let me be clear. They scored seven points in the final three quarters. Sure, I mean they also scored a ton of points in the first. No, they did. They did. But 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 the offense carries this team, and Evan wants to win the game in the fourth quarter. Is what? Oh oh stop! Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) 
that we killed mean, me. Let's just score early. Let's get out to a lead and then we'll run it out and relax. And then the minute that they score early, you're like, what? I, what happened? I thought, what happened Stacey, to scoring thank you, Stacey. number of Stacey, every quarter? We need Stacey on here every Stacey, week. Oh, my God. Stacey, <laughs> you know what I want? I want a normal football game from my Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely not. You wouldn't That's love what I want. wins if they were normal. Evan. I just want a normal football game for once in my life. And Evan, normal is not winning by 20 points every week. <laughs> yeah. What is she talking about? Normal's boring. Evan, you want to end on a positive note? Yeah, we got to end positive. Who's the kicker for the Seattle Seahawks? Oh. <laughs> Jason Myers. What is he? Three for three? Okay. On the pitch. season? He's okay, made pitch. three extra four points. Four. Or three, four. four. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how many mistakes has Jason Myers made this year, Nathan? Zero. He, Zero. Right, correct answer, Stacey. Nathan, Jason deserves to be called by his middle name also. I, That's how good he's been. What he is his middle name? Jason Myers. You need to look it up right now. He Jason. Until he misses a field goal, you will call him by Evan. It, it's bad because Wikipedia doesn't even say. Wow. <laughs> wow. Not Tweet great. Him immediately. Not great. Uh, I just want to say he's worth that contract and he's lived up to the hype and uh, the nerds are very sad about that. But I, I, I will, care. I will end this way. So first okay. of all, thanks everybody who's been tuning in. Thank you, Stacy, for joining. And thanks for having me. Um, uh, I don't have, I'm not going to end on a positive Seahawks note, but I'm going to end on a positive Stacy note. So, <laughs> Folks, if you have not followed Stacy on Twitter, it's at Stacy Rost, R-O-S-T. Um, and you have to listen to her on 710 ESPN, uh, their show, Tom, Jake, and Stacy, the podcast live, whichever you choose. For my money, um, there is nobody that's covering the Seahawks better than Stacy. Uh, she, she asks good questions. She, she's funny as hell. And uh, she keeps Jake on his toes, which we all need, you know. Accountability. So she keeps, yeah, she's, she's high on the accountability scale. So um, if for some reason you're in a cave and you don't know Stacy, uh, please, please, please make sure you follow her. Um, your Seahawks life will be improved. And uh, uh, I am hoping that you will use this platform, this amazing post game show, <laughs> to take the next step in your career. Hopefully, I like you're, you're just you're on the cusp of the Seahawks. But let's be clear, this is the launching pad. This is no, it. no. This it's is it's it. more like hopefully she can rebound from her up. <laughs> let's be clear about it because it's a negative. It's a negative. Uh, Brian, do you not actually have a positive Seahawks stake? You, you got to find something this is in why your soul. I don't do you just screamed at us a minute hey, ago. Hey, hey, I did hey, not want to do post game shows. This Nathan, is all an Evan thing. Nathan, I, I am have too feelings. emotional after a post game. That's why I write a morning no, no, no. after column. After Nathan, I'm allowed to have feelings. You are, but Brian just chewed our asses for not being positive enough about our five and one team, and suddenly he can't come up with a, a positive. It's about leading a horse to water. The point is that you guys both pick something positive. I I'll, I'll give a positive. I think okay, wow. I think I I think Damian Lewis has been even better than expectations, and he is a uh, foundational piece to this offensive line. He shores up that interior, and I think we aren't talking about him enough. Frankly, I think he's um, one of the key cogs in in both pass protection and run blocking, and and I'm so so grateful that hopefully he'll be with the Seahawks long term. I think uh, we struggled with the offensive line for way too long, and uh, it's good that the Seahawks finally hit on an offensive line 
draft pick. That's a good one. I love that. Nathan, I want something positive out of you. Uh, I mean, I've, I feel like I've said a few positive things already. Um, <laughs> That's way above his quota. Of like <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I got one in. I feel like I'm good. Uh, trying to think of a new one. Um, I'll go for it. I'll go, I'll go for you. We should invent one right here on no, the show. Now I'm determined. I, I will, I will um, offer this. So it's not about the game tonight, but the, the positive is this is the last week. Hopefully you will play without Jamal Adams and without mm-hmm. Snacks Harrison. And so, you know, we don't know what that's going to mean. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I also thought, like I said earlier, I thought Jordan Brooks certainly looked better than Cody Barton, who has been, a, a, I think, atrocious. And so having somebody step in there that looks competent or at least can contribute. I mean, we talk about the difference when Shaquille Griffin goes out, when Trey Flowers enters the game, one player, one player, how much of a difference it makes. You put Jamal Adams in, the best player on that defense, I think there's reason to believe it'll get better. Damon Harrison, don't know what shape he's going to be in. I think he's going to be the best Seahawks defensive lineman. It's not a high bar, but I think that's what he's going to be. So I think he could lift the the play of the linebackers behind him as well. So it's not about tonight, but there is hope that uh, that there's some guys coming back and getting healthy. Evan, I I, no, I, I found his, uh, I, well, actually I found something about Jason Myers. So he has not one, but two middle names. <laughs> You're kidding me, right? No, this is serious. I found it. Did you not find it? No, Nathan I didn't. for MVP. Okay, what is it? It's Jason Blair Walsh Myers. Oh. <laughs> oh. Actually, you know what I did find out about Jason Myers? He's old as hell. Do yeah. you know how old Jason Myers is? He's 29. Evan. Quite old for a kicker. <laughs> I, I, I just want you to know I served that bait up on a silver platter for Stacy hey, and Evan, all the old people you know on this podcast. On defense? A Seahawks player that was born in the 80s. That's who's getting the job done on defense. So that's all I'll say about that. 29 is old. 29 is old. That is crazy. Oh, my God. All right. No, uh, hold up. Jeff didn't give a positive take. Jeff, go ahead. I have to. <laughs> um, let me think of one. I'm uh, giving you three seconds. Uh, oh, oh, I got one. Okay. Uh, we started to see signs of life of Will Disley the last couple of weeks, who has been one of the – best stories on the team the last couple of years and another element that you can add to this offense Stacy asked earlier what other things can the offense do they can incorporate the tight ends better Greg Olson almost had a really cool touchdown catch Disley did some stuff in the open field and I think that's that's a great element to the team that are going to take away DK and going to take away Tyler they're going to need more out of that group Ooh, that's a good one you and, also- and on tight end day Tight end day. Uh, Jeff, you also had as many sacks as the entire Seahawks defensive line did. Tonight. So there's a, there's a thing in the football. It's it's called the Golson, the Vernon Golson. Remember him? He was a Jets pick uh, a couple of years ago, like a tremendous bust. There's like a running joke. It's like uh, if you're, you get a Golson, if you have like 50 rushes and zero pressures, the Seahawks got the Golson tonight. Uh, everyone's kind of joking about that's that. A, that's a, that's they may have four fact. of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty hard to go through that. See, Jeff, zero. you just took it bad to back down at the end. You couldn't help yourself. We're trying <laughs> well, that game's like, the funny thing is, like, it. if Benson Mayo doesn't take that penalty, the Seahawks probably win the game by seven points. And we're having such a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about how good Russ is, how good Lockett is. Russell 
just said in a post-game interview, very hard on himself. Um, we played a great game outside of those uh, three picks I, th- that I had. Um, I take full responsibility for them. So me and Nathan were right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, tough night tonight. Seahawks fall to five and one. Still first place in uh, the NFC West, the best division of football. They got the 49ers coming to town. No fans uh, in the stadium, but uh, 49ers will be coming to town this week. Big matchup as always. Uh, thank you once again to our guest, uh, Stacey Rost. Um, catch her on 710 ESPN, Tom Jake and Stacey show. And uh, if you haven't already, come on. Patreon.com slash Hawkblogger. Uh, tons of folks are signing up, um, getting into the Slack channel, a lot of good conversation in there, uh, licking our wounds and uh, looking forward to the next game. So uh, have a good night, everybody, uh, and go Hawks.